Hi there, I'm Anne-Marie McQueen, editor of Live Healthy, and this is the Live Healthy podcast. Each week we interview health and wellness leaders and talk about all the things that are good for you, which you can also read about in our online magazine, the only one of its kind for men and women in the UAE. Today I'm speaking with Rose O'Donovan. She's a personal trainer from Ireland based in Dubai who focuses on female health and the specific hormonal problems women can have. She's also a master instructor with Oxygen Advantage. That's the breathwork training program developed by the breathing and sleep expert and best-selling author, Patrick McCown. As Rose tells us, her passion is helping people improve their physical and mental health and cognitive performance through proper training that makes the nervous system the priority. And we do that by breathing the right way. Yeah, I was like going to shower and stuff. And then I said, no. <laughs> yeah, so you, exactly. I'm exactly the same as you. Cause I do actually Wim Hof breathing every morning. And I was like, no, I'm mm-hmm. going to do the breathing. I could have a shower, but I'm going to do the breathing. <laughs> We're on the oh, same that's page. Amazing. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So uh, hi Rose. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Anne. I'm curious how someone becomes um, a specialist in breathing, a training breathing specialist. Um. I think uh, every time I hear that word, um, even though I've studied this for quite a few years now, I still feel like I know nothing about breathing. So I don't know, can you become a specialist? You've got to study for a very long time. We can certainly become educated in it. Um, And I still have to refer out to people and ask back. So um, I'll run through the education I did. Um, One of your questions to me was, how did I become interested in breathing? And I literally just read the oxygen advantage book i was on a course with uh, body hack the company i work for and it was years ago way before covid and hiba mentioned uh, the oxygen advantage book and i was really struggling with my own breathing and i just found it fascinating and i ended up finding him in ireland Pat- patrick mckeown is the author of oxygen advantage and he's written nine books so far on breathing and then he was running a course in ireland it was before a lot of his big big international courses And I couldn't get to it. So I went to Romania to one of his other master instructors. And then I went to the Netherlands and then I went to Poland. So I went three times. I went once to one of his uh, trainers and then I went to Patrick twice. And the second time I was on their course, they asked me to become a master trainer for them. And I'd also then started studying a lot at home. And I I have a background in fitness anyway. So I'd had a lot of knowledge for cardiovascular training because I'm a master trainer for uh, some indoor cycling brands so I knew I had a lot of uh, I suppose specialist knowledge in one sense and then uh, they started to fill out a lot of the gaps around what goes wrong when we either train the wrong way we breathe the wrong way we have health conditions um, and I've seen a lot of people with health conditions so it started to to fill out and I must say I've done an immense amount of reading and then I've taken a lot of courses so I'm not a specialist but I definitely probably know more than the average person but when you say you were having problems with your own breathing what do you mean um Okay, so I hope there's lots of women who listen to this uh, this podcast. I'm uh, I'm 41, and in my 20s, I overtrained and I restricted food intake, 
and I was extremely athletic and I ended up getting a three-year amenorrhea. That basically means I lost my period for three years and I was diagnosed with early menopause incorrectly. Um, this was about the most horrendous thing I went through in my health. And it took five years. I regained my menstrual cycle in my just about maybe 30 to 31. And from 30 to 35, well, it took five years to recover. And then it took another five years to get physically fit and well. And my, I was a mouth breather at the time. Um, I was unable to sleep, unable to regulate um, emotions, decisions, um, the basic metabolic functions like night sweats, um, it, you name it, I had it. And it was, it was horrendous because there was no medical doctors could give me any um, advice or help. So my own breathing and I was, you know, I was teaching a lot of uh, different things for the fitness industry. So it became really problematic. And when I found the technique oxygen advantage and I learned about mouth breathing, it all became so much more, um, you know, clear. Um, and I think anyone who has anything in their family history or their own history along the lines of trauma or addiction or abuse of any sort, whether that's uh, physical abuse, sexual abuse, uh, substance abuse, uh, process addictions like food, exercise, there will be breathing problems, which over time uh, correlate into major health issues. So it's, it's not as simple as, are we just mouth breathing and we can fix it? That's great. But if this has been there for years, there's probably underlying conditions that need to be really looked at. And there's, I think it's 200 chronic diseases that are characterized by mouth breathing. So it's, it became fascinating, but I just, I gained so much out of like fixing my own and then being able to uh, recognize what was going on with the people I was teaching in my profession. And if you get one of those conditions, very rare chance that someone's going to say, do you breathe through your mouth most of the time? Like people don't um, crack it back to, to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's, it's, uh, I'm very open with the different breathing practices that they are because we, we can breathe through our mouth for breathing, uh, techniques, but it's like when somebody is a mouth breather consistently sleeping with their mouth open, where you're waking up with a dry mouth, you're fatigued, you're waking up exhausted, um, exercising, exercising intensely with your mouth open, which if you go into any regular gym or any regular fitness class, you know, you'll see the extended neck. So the airway is in the wrong position. You have the open mouth, which causes dehydration and there's nothing coming in through the nose. So it's extremely stressful on the body. And uh, this is, you know, it's a major issue that's not being, it's not being taught to fitness professionals. Um, and I think that's one of the areas that have, things have to change that they need to start learning because, we, you know, fitness professionals put poor clients and general population under pressure to perform more because they, you know, the idea out there is that more is better when it's not. So we know the term mouth breathers. I mean, in the, in the North America where I'm from, it's a, it's a derogatory term. Like you'll say mouth, <laughs> they're a mouth breather yet. You're right. You'll go to any CrossFit gym or watch any person jogging and they're running along with their mouth open. So what is wrong with mouth breathing? What is wrong with breathing with your mouth open? I mean, um, it's a small topic. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I I didn't realize mouth the mouth breather was a derogatory term, mm -hmm. but it, it is quite it's it's funny, but it's not funny. But it, and you know, if you have a mouth breather, they're they're pretty noisy, um, and they're usually extremely stressed, extremely anxious. 
So if, if you're listening and you're thinking of like, what is a mouth breather? It's like, listen to people around you and recognize it, especially if you're working, if you're, you know, if this is part of your work or if somebody's struggling with something, you'll notice, oh, they're a mouth breather. And um, they'll generally come across with a, an anxious personality or quite short tempered or quite stressed or inability to be calm, to make good decisions. Um, when we talk about exercise, and obviously, we will have to mouth breathe at maximal effort. So up to around 85, maybe even 86% of our overall effort of VO2 max, we can do that with nasal breathing. And that's a huge effort. And it will take training to get there to transfer over to nasal breathing. So most of our work should be done with our nose. But when it's mouth breathing that we start like doing the majority of our physical exercise with, we start to really interfere with the, the buffering process in our body of hydrogen ions. So we, we will burn out faster, we will recover slower, and we'll put more stress. We're immediately telling ourselves we're in a sympathetic state um, instead of parasympathetic. So I want to be more calm and be able to breathe and to, you know, it's like the flow state is, as it's known in, in uh, exercise. Um, we're, we're in a stress state immediately. So our brain is interpreting this as a massive stressor and it's very hard to regulate and calm down from when we don't recover as well. And we don't, uh, we don't use the right fuel. So we'll naturally be using more glycogen, more glucose. So we, you know, we're doing more sugar burning and we're getting more exhausted with less return. Um, I do, because uh, people always say, oh no, you have to use your mouth to breathe. But of course, if you're doing a maximal effort uh, and I train a lot physically and I train other people and I train trainers, uh, certainly when you're doing maximal efforts, you will eventually reach that area where you're going to mouth breathe. But for the most of our work, Anne, it's like if we're training four or five days a week, um, and if I, I always use, uh, there's one that listeners can write this down. If you want to think about your aerobic work, 180 minus your age to get a nice uh, aerobic heart rate, then close your mouth and choose your activity, whatever it is, if it's running or if it's uh, on a stepper or whatever work you're doing and try to do 15 to 20 minutes of that work, really forcing yourself to only breathe from your nose. And I always give people a 10 BPM window. So if it's 180 minus 40 and you come up with 140 BPM, you can go from 130 to 150. And this is like where people say, how can I improve my bolt score or my, uh, you know, my breathing rate through exercise. And I say, okay, do this section after your regular training or, or if you're doing no exercise at all, then start very slow and start to do this. So I never take away from someone's strength training, but I say you add in something that focuses on nasal breathing, but also allows blood flow in the body because a lot of the breath work you'll see in different uh, certifications or different programs are quite, uh, you know, they're quite sedentary. We're sitting or we're standing. And because I've worked with so many people for so many years, we need to upregulate or downregulate our systems, depending on whether we're more anxious or more depressed. Um, and I don't mean clinically. So somebody can be clinically depressed or clinically have anxiety, but we can be prone more to one than the other. So uh, and for women, it's different. I'll come back to that in a while. So generally, I want people to have more blood flow, especially if they are in the depressed state. Um, and that's all of us after COVID. And now we're looking at a world war. Um, and then if they're anxious, it's we I would take them on the lower level because you want to downregulate their nervous system. Um, and that's what I mean by 
this is more general population just before you hit the record button. These are the majority of our clients, of our population. We're not looking at the top end athletes or people who are super healthy and, you know, not stressed. Right. Okay. So what about sleep? Because how do you keep your mouth closed when you sleep? Tape it? That's, um, uh, yeah, that's a, it's such a hot topic. Um, and I've gotten, I was on the radio recently with Helen Farmer and she's such a lovely lady. And there were so many people uh, phoned in and, and messaged in about sleep and taping. Now, taping is uh, 100% yes, you can tape, but I want people to be cautious about when we give advice to do something, we have to check if now in oxygen advantage, we use something simple called a bolt test. It, it is subjective, but it's quite an easy one to do. It's a body oxygen level test. And it just shows if we have functional or dysfunctional breathing by the score. So if you're, you know, if your breathing is okay, then yes, you can tape at night. Um, if your bolt is low. So for example, you're breathing rate is very high and you know that you're breathing more than you should. And it's called over breathing where we're taking more breaths per minute than we should be, or you feel like you're, you're breathing a lot or you're stressed or anxious, then we would need to work on slowing down the breath rate and the ventilation in that person's body before taping at nighttime. But there are two tapes. One is micropore. You can buy it in any pharmacy, three millimeter micropore tape. And that's a full tape that goes across the mouth. And then we have myotape that Patrick designed, and that has got a little gap in the lips. So it works on, uh, it's almost like an elastic tape. The, The resistance keeps the lips together, but it gives people the freedom and the comfort that my goodness, my, my lips aren't sealed. Now I use micropore tape all the time um, and I'm good enough that if I miss a couple of nights, I can keep my mouth closed, but I always come back to it. I've used it for a couple of years now. Uh, So taping definitely is uh, an answer. And if you wake up with a dry mouth, it's something you should look into. Or if you have a glass of water beside your bed, because if we are sleeping with our mouth open, we're not getting enough recovery to the brain stem and the brain needs deep sleep, deep recovery for us to function. And, you know, we're becoming less functionable as adults, especially in our neurology and, and you know, recovery, the recovery side of, of our health. So we know the problem with breathing through your mouth, but what is the benefit of breathing through your nose? Breathing to our nose is um, it's a use it or lose it organ. Uh, mouths are for eating and noses are for, for breathing. So we have this amazing tissue in our nose and it produces nitric oxide when we breathe through our nose and nitric oxide does not that does not get produced when we breathe through our mouth. And what that does, it's like um, it's a it's a uh, it dilates the blood vessels and the airways. So if you're listening, just you know, pinch your nose and hold for a few seconds and try it a few times. And you'll start to feel that when you let go of your nose, your ability to take in more air is easier because it opens up the airways and it stops the restriction or the constriction is the word I want to use. Um, obviously, it filters the air. It cleans the air. Um, I, if, if it wasn't a podcast, we usually show a picture of the nose and how the nose, if you, yeah, you can do this um, while you're listening, take your tongue back along the roof of your mouth and you'll feel, feel the hard palate and go all the way to the soft palate. And that soft palate you're feeling is the base of your nose. So if you take, yeah, you can feel it then. <laughs> um, so that's the base of our nose and it's literally, it has a job in our body and, it, and if we have the right posture with our neck and our airways and our rib cage over our pelvis, that is how we should be breathing. And when people ask about the benefit, I always say, let's just try breathing through our mouth. So open your mouth and take a few breaths. 
And as they do that, and you can do that while you're listening, just let your jaw drop and start breathing in through your mouth. Um, and you just take the breath in through your mouth. And when I ask people, what does it feel like? And they say, well, it feels a bit drying. And it's like, yes, there's 42% dehydration occurs with mouth breathing. And then most people will say it feels a little bit tight. So we start to get constriction of the airways. And that's why mouth breathers breathe more per minute because it constricts uh, the airways down to the lungs. Uh, the other big benefit with nasal breathing is that with nitric oxide, it goes to the lower lobes of the lungs where the gas exchange takes place and we can get a release of the oxygen to the cells and the tissues. That does not happen in the upper part of the lungs. So we want this exchange to be happening in the lower part lobes of the lungs. It allows us to breathe slower also. And it's uh, if we've got a slower rate of breathing, we have more carbon dioxide, which is the precursor to actually getting um, oxygen released to the cells. So the hemoglobin going to your tissues in your body. So a lot of people think they need to breathe more, but it's actually breathe less so we can release oxygen to our tissues and cells inside our body. Um, and if we generally look at anyone over exercising, like breathing too much, uh, like you said, the mouth breathers, um, they're generally overweight, struggle a little bit with their health. Uh, they don't look very calm. And then if we look at people who are exercising too much and over breathing, they can also carry a lot of weight in certain areas of their body because of um, free radical damage. And it's just it's just not healthy. There's hundreds of reasons. But the nose is the nose is amazing. It's even I mean, you just can calm yourself down by breathing through your nose slowly. It just feels 100%. so good, right? Like it's one of those mm. things where I can ask you and you can tell me, and there can be all this science behind it, but you only need to do it just for a minute to see what it does to calm you. So how can it not be good <laughs> to be an expert? <laughs> exactly. And, you know, if, if, even for people who I have more um, empathy and for people who are like corporate people, uh, they're in offices eight to 12 hours a day, and they don't realize what's going on. And, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, say that I know there's a lot of people exposed to the breathing world, but it's like many people say to me, well, how can I fit it in? And if you open your phone and you simply put on your timer and make sure you put it up, put it on airplane mode so you can't be disturbed and you put your timer on and you sit like in an upright posture where you get your ribs nice and stacked over your pelvis. You make sure your head is back and you look at your timer and you inhale for a count of four seconds and you exhale slowly for a count of five or six seconds. And you do that for maybe five to 10 minutes and you'll start to feel so much calmer. But what you've also done is taken your breathing rate down to five or six breaths per minute, which is a proper ventilation rate for your body. And this will stimulate your vagus nerve, which is absolutely amazing for your nervous system and calming you down. And, you know, life just feels easier after that five minutes. And people, you know, they don't like these easy fixes. It's like it has to be uh, more complex. But that five minutes can easily lead me or you or anyone else to just making a better decision and feeling like it's really not that stressful, whatever it is. It's like, you know, things become so much easier. And if you add up the five minutes, if you do it every day and then you do it three times a day, um, this is like how you create healthy patterns. Um, even with people who started taping their mouths, um, they're like, oh my God, I can't believe this difference. It's, you know, they're listing all the benefits to me and it's just amazing, but it's one small thing or people who do focus on 10 minutes of breathing once a day. Um, instead of looking for uh, something they have to pay for. 
what's that thing? This is a little bit off topic, but I, I started taping my mouth and then I've stopped again and I need to start again because it, it is a profound difference. But when I tell people they're always rolling their eyes and making fun of me for the, the crazy things that I do for my health. And I found this for years since I moved here. And I guess back in Canada, when people like, have you had this where people are like, why do you do this crazy thing when you know mm-hmm. that it's like, well, how do you, well, how do you deal with that? With the people in your life who say, oh, Rose, taping your mouth. I don't know. <laughs> <if you do. laughs> uh, stick with your tribe. <laughs> it's such a funny one, right? Um, yeah, it's like sometimes I'll, I'll, you know, I use turbines. They, they're little gadgets that open up your, your dilators because I'm Irish and I don't have very good genes. Um, I always say I never want to come back as an Irish person because if you've got a nice wide jaw and you have really good airways, you can be a good athlete. But people who need to widen their nose, we can use uh, dilators and it helps you breathe better or we use breathing belts. So I'll often use these things if I train and people will look at me funny. And the taping is a huge one. You know, I, I, it's always a struggle if I have to go and stay over or yeah. stay with people or, you know, uh, it's, it's, um, it's a funny one. But I don't, I think I got to the stage where I just won't sacrifice my health or if I'm walking around doing one nostril breathing because I always get blocked in my right and I have clients also do it. Um, yeah, people, you know, they conform to what's seen as normal. Um, or, you know, they, they're a bit, instead of being curious, they're, uh, they can be a bit more derogatory to us. Um, so sometimes, you know, the best way to deal with that is this makes me feel so good. I, you know, it's like it's just a little thing I do for my health. Um, my doctor recommended it, maybe. Um, but, you know, generally I find people who are asking questions are the ones who need help themselves. Mm. Um, you know, there was I remember one particular friend and they make quite a lot of fun of the whole breathing world. And um Uh, breathing workshops and stuff and this particular person they were actually on medication for mental health uh, reasons and their own breathing was really poor and I you know I wasn't in the position to say well why don't you come along um, and try it but eventually they asked for help so I think with people who do that you just you've got to leave them and it's it's very new it's like and it's of course at the moment in industry, Brett work is being touted a lot. So I come from the science background and I really want to make sure people are safe, that they know why we're doing it, that we have measured where they're more or less at. And there's no medical uh, issues at play like, um, you know, where, where people do have serious snoring issues or adenoids or there's there's a lot of uh, contraindications that can stop us working with people um so we make sure that we're checking for them and we're not doing like a breathwork practice because it's cool or sexy because you'll see a lot of stuff online and i must say in the uae um canada ireland us uk we're we're pretty much regulated where you can't get away with uh you know training people without being properly certified but there's a few here and there's some horror stories that have come out and I would like people to check that your uh, your instructor is certified we've got one amazing Wim Hof instructor here in um, Dubai he's under the the, the leaf of uh, or the the roof of leaf and hook is his name and you can find him on Instagram I'm from Oxygen Advantage and we're both very well qualified and we both respect each other's um, breathing schools and then there's others where we're listening to things and we're like, we're not really quite sure that's OK, because, you know, there's we're either, you know, increasing oxygen levels or decreasing carbon dioxide levels. And it takes a lot of study to realize, to understand what happens when we do that, when I lower the saturation in somebody's blood 
am I taking them to the level where they're going to feel dizzy, faint, or that I'm making them feel super stressed, like they're going to suffocate, which is highly dangerous if somebody, you know, has um, any issues in their past. Uh, so we were very careful with what we do. And I would like people to, you know, watch whatever, whether it's online or they're, they're looking for someone to work with, that they know that they're with someone safe, because it is, you know, it's one of these super sexy phenomena that's starting out and is getting very popular so people will um mm. mock it and they will you know if they don't know it's like real um they, they may be skeptical towards it so keep taping your mouth <laughs> tell yeah. your friends try it yeah and there may be some charlatans out there so the thing to look for is the people the training you've you've trained with patrick uh the other fellow has trained with vim hoff like the official mm -hmm. you know the the official trainings rather than someone who read a book or watch some YouTube videos and it's yeah and that we we have worked with people so we know like I've worked um I've worked with extremely overweight people underweight people I've worked with people in wheelchairs um I've worked with people on anxiety medication I've worked with pregnancy um I've worked simply with athletes who just want to get better um and then the general population where it might be a jaw issue the teeth have been removed and their jaw doesn't sit well and their mouth breathers so we, we have our experience and that's that's in, important because a lot of people end up in uh, situations where they're not really sure what's going on. They're just doing breathing. And, and you know, it's better to be doing something than nothing. But because uh, I think one of your questions was like, uh, what is, you know, what should people be doing? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so okay. I, I don't want to say, don't, yeah, don't do anything. It's better. It's, it's good that there is a being, emphasis being put on it. Uh, just to go back to the vagus nerve, I'm curious, can you just give a little, like just a quick description of what that is and how the nasal breathing can help regulate it? Because I, th uh, I think vagus we hear this all the time, but I don't think people always know what it is. Uh, the vagus nerve is a, the longest nerve in the body and it innervates hugely towards our, our regulating our nervous system. And it has so many functions and we have different ways of stimulating the vagus nerve. And I'm going to describe a few of them. And I'd like listeners to think of somebody who lives their life without doing any of these things. Um, and now some of these things we do, we do naturally as we grow up. Uh, for example, gargling. Uh, kids will gargle water as a game. So some ways of like one way of uh, developing our vestibular system, which is a balance system, is rolling and kids will naturally roll down hills and unless there's no hills in Abu Dhabi or Dubai. So a gargling is a way of stimulating your vagus nerve. And you'll often see kids mess around with their water or their drinks where they're holding their heads back and gargling. And we should, should gargle every day. I always um, ask my clients to gargle in the morning time after they brush their teeth and work up to 15, 15 seconds up to 90 seconds. So there'll be a different spectrums. Humming and singing. So when someone's happy, you'll hear them humming around the house or the office. It's a really, really great way because it sends vibrations through the throat and down through um, the vagus nerve. Humming, singing, uh, laughing and socializing. So people who have less social, uh, social interaction or isolation, a lot of our work has become isolated. Um, obviously, exercise will stimulate the vagus nerve. Slow breathing is a huge one. So the breathing that I just described where you take out your phone and you do a four, six so that you get six breaths a, a minute. Um, let me see. Can I remember any of the other ones? Oh, cold exposure, cold shower. Um, that's huge in the, in the Wim Hof world. And, and that builds your immunity and your resilience in your body. Uh, so cold exposure, gummy, uh, singing, gargling. Um, any other ones, Anne, do you have off the top of your head? 
I'm on the spot now. No, I can't think. No, I can't think. That's a lot though. That's a lot to get started. Yeah. There's like, there's 10 or 12 of them that are really, really easy to remember. Okay. Um, And, and when people, you know, when people incorporate them, they, it's, it's really, really good for them. It's like life altering. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just want to see if I can, uh, I have a whole list. I want to quickly see if I can bring them up. Um, Do give me one second. (laughs) Cold exposure, deep, slow breathing, singing, humming, chanting, gargling, um, probiotics for your gut, um, which are very important for the GABA receptors to your brain. Meditation. I knew I was forgetting <laughs> and I meditated this morning. This is huge. Um, omega-3 fatty acids for your heart rate and your HRV. Exercise in a gait format. So gait means you're walking your opposite arm to your opposite leg in an upright position, which many people don't do anymore. Massage, especially foot uh, reflexology and socialization and laughing. So what I said was imagine people who live their entire lives without the stimulation. It's, uh, you know, they, we start to think of like what, what life is like. So, and those things make us feel great, especially when they're on a regular basis. Well, it's funny. It's not funny. I was involved in a crazy project for the last couple of weeks and I was perfectly happy for the first two weeks while I was doing my normal things. And then as it got crunch time, I stopped doing everything, right? I stopped doing the morning stuff. I stopped doing everything you're talking about and just started to feel awful. And then you, and then it takes time to get back to feeling good. Like it's amazing when you take away those things, it's crazy. Yeah. And I'm glad you said that because it's a really, that's a really normal human reaction. And when people think I'm a breathing specialist, they're like, your breathing must be amazing. And it's, it's not, I have to work on it. And sometimes I can get super stressed and I forget about it, but it's like any of us, once we start developing these routines, we consistently work on them, but they will fall apart. And then you pick them up again and you get a little bit better. So it's, it's, you know, it's, it's like, it's a long journey. It's like a lifestyle change. And uh, one thing I did want to say, because you reminded me just now when you said I started to feel awful for females, our breathing rate changes with our menstrual cycle. So the closer we get to our menstrual cycle as estrogen drops and progesterone, progesterone rises, our feeling of being suffocated increases. So you feel more out of breath when you exercise. You're generally, at a, you're breathing more breaths per minute. Um, and I'm quite close to my menstrual cycle now and I can feel it because I'm, you know, I, even this morning when I was breathing, I had to take more breaths. I've had, had feelings of air hunger. And I just, you know, I'm just like so glad that I know what's going on. So I'm like, yeah, it's, it's because of the progesterone rising. Also in menopause, it has a huge effect. So women listening, I'd like you to make sure that you, in, you, you, you get advice from someone to start meditating, doing regular breathing practice, because it has, I think there's a 52% increase in, um, increase in, in decreasing night sweats if you're doing uh, proper breathing work. With your body which would involve slow breathing so women are you know we're, we're not the same as men and uh it, it becomes very complicated when we start involving our cycles menopause and pregnancy and we have so many different ways to help those processes in our body why in menopause is it because of the estrogen going up and down in perimenopause and the progesterone? yeah well th- well they'll they'll pretty much start decreasing quite a lot and estrogen is our it's our power hormone makes us feel great estrogen is quite high when it ovulate we feel <laughs> we feel brilliant and you know women yeah. you know if you're not on birth control and you haven't messed up your body when we're ovulating we feel amazing and we do you know if you think of your cycle the first couple of weeks is when we should be getting all our project work done and making decisions for what you want to accomplish and then the rest of the month trying to take it a little bit easier 
So in menopause, those hormones really decrease and your body goes through not just major changes, but also your mind. Like women have to deal with this change over of accepting I'm a different body. I'm a, I function differently. And it's like you have to let go of a lot. So whether you're in your 40s or your 50s, you're letting go of either be, being a parent or becoming a parent um, or, you know, really embracing um, a whole new way of, of living. And there's uh, some amazing studies done on females and women who when we don't uh, look at past events in our lives and if we carry them through to menopause they have a, a chronic effect on our health and they result in autoimmune diseases so making sure that the work is done that yes you're in good health physically but you're also in good health mentally and emotionally is super important and this ties into breathing because someone who's not happy uh, mentally or emotionally will be a poor breather like 100 percent it's it's also something that I really would like the medical professional in terms of psychi uh, psychiatric care and psychology to start saying when they write their prescriptions, we would like you to incorporate these type of exercises, you know, in general. So it's, it's that they can, you know, you, I never say somebody should not be on medication, but if they are, there should be a way to come off it eventually. We, you know, people are on antidepressants uh, for life and it's not a, it's not a solution when we have things like sunlight and breathing and, Okay, so if someone wants to get started on this, where would you direct them and how can they engage with you? Um, I would direct them to any um, qualified <laughs> breathing specialist. And uh, the way the reason I say qualified is because I had I had quite a few conversations recently with people that had worked with non-qualified people. Um, so they can they can contact me by any means, email or Instagram, but they can also contact any oxygen advantage instructor. And when they contact us, if it's for a child or if it's for a specialized person, we have different instructors who specialize in different things. Um, so I love women's health and I love anyone that needs to get well in terms of uh, trauma, anxiety or exercise related um, issues. Um, I deal very well and very easily with them. Uh, also pre and postnatal. And then we have a couple of like amazing master instructors. And it's great now because they're all online. They can do Zoom online sessions. Um, and generally, some people only need a couple of 20 minute Zoom calls where I do a couple of tests and I give them a protocol. And if they're willing enough, they will go and incorporate it, incorporate it into their lives and start working on that. And then they can come back for more. If they really want to learn, uh, they should come to our masterclass. We have an oxygen advantage masterclass that teaches all of the exercises um, and then they can start using them. And we have a full certification for instructors. And anyone working in the fitness industry or people who are in the healthcare industry, then I recommend that course. Um, but easily, you know, if they want to get started, just have a look at their own life. Are they breathing through their mouth more than their nose? Are they waking up with a dry mouth? Do they feel stressed or anxious when they exercise or they don't like exercising? Many people don't like exercising because they feel like they're suffocating. And that's generally because they're out of breath. Or if they hate cardio, which is a very common, uh, oh, I hate cardio. And then when we really look into it, it's like you hate the feeling of not being able to breathe. Mm -hmm. um, so, so there's so many ways to get started. But yeah, they can contact me, but I will also send them out to people who are equally as good or, or work in the same area. Okay, that's great. Thank you so, so much, Rose. That's it for this week. 
If you liked the podcast, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We'll see you next time on the Live Healthy Podcast.